from bureaucracy's basement to your arena. I mean, ears, ears. Uh, this is the Queen City Arena, Queen City Improvement Bureau. Uh, things are going haywire today. We've got arenas on the brain. We're the Queen City Improvement Bureau working to improve the arena, the city, which will not be turned into a giant arena. One report and recommendation at a time here in the sub-basement, which might be turned into an arena. We don't know. Anyway, this meeting is now in session. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? Oh, great. I'm, I'm feeling, I don't know, I'm feeling good today. I'm feeling um, expansive. I feel like a big oval with really? like a flat open area in the middle and lots of seating around the sides. And that's Hello. that's about as good as you can feel in this city, I think. You, sir, look like a million bucks. Actually, about a hundred million bucks. I do. I feel like 10,000 people could sit on me and I'd be just fine. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And not in a weird way. That's, you know... How could that be weird? Uh, yeah, exactly. No, this this would be like a, like a family-oriented, you know, publicly approved 10,000 people come and sit on me. And then when they're done, they disperse and they spend lots of money at local businesses. Because that's what people do after they watch a sports game. Uh, they, they don't just get in their cars and go home. Yeah. And you, you, sir, will feel revitalized. I will. I'll feel very revitalized. I'll feel, what's the word for it? Arenafied. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Well, that's a good, that's a great thing uh, to be starting our meeting on today. Hey, let's uh, do attendance though. Hey. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Let's we start. apparently uh, didn't do a full attendance at our last meeting. And as didn't. a result, nothing we did at our last meeting uh, counted. Wow. So all of all of what Kale McClellan said, which was uh, fascinating and at times um, almost touching, like she gave some mm-hmm. really interesting answers. That doesn't count now. No, 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 no. What Kale did counted. What oh. we did, that didn't matter. Oh. In the slightest. Okay, well, that's that seems, I feel like that's just putting a button on our general sort of like thing. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Good. So that that last week was like the kale show, and we yeah. were just there. Yeah, we were the guests him. on our in our own meeting. That's you know what I'm cool with that. Yeah. Uh, but let's but let's break that trend before it like sets in and they yeah. realize that we're not actually useful and they fire us from the city. Do uh, attendance. Okay. Um. Oh, I've got a note here saying. That your name has been changed to um, an anti-arena persona non grata, which has got a good rhythm to it. I like it. Yeah. Huh. So, but I, I know that's not your real name. Oh, um, no, sorry. I was going to go with it. I was, oh. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm anti-arena not gonna, I'm not gonna, no, persona non grata? Yeah, it's cool, but I'm not going to say that entire name. So, okay. you got you to gotta pick something a little easier to, like, say on the on the program for the meeting. You know what? I'm just going to call you Paul. Oh, okay. Oh, I'll sure. go with it. that. Yeah, works. Okay. I've been going by that since I was born. So, so easy. Like, what, what do they say? The truth. It's the easiest thing to remember. Yeah. Uh, okay. And uh, I am. Um, uh, I am Arena Stan. Ooh, awesome! You know why hey, they Arena call Stan. me? <laughs> you know why they call me Arena Stan? Why? Because I stand an arena. Do you? 
Well, that's really. great because I no. actually have I have some news. I have some news of my own. Ooh, okay, okay. Yeah. Although we should like, I'm not going to call you Arena Stan. No, because okay. I think far too many people will actually hear this because most people are only ever hearing this for the first time, and then that's it. <laughs> so they'll think it's like the Paul and Stan show, but you you usually go by Aiden. Aiden, I, I you I usually do. Um, like you, I was born with that name. Yeah. I mean, you were born with Paul Deschenes. I was born with Aiden Morgan. Um, but I, I feel, I feel, I feel like my identity more closely aligns with I am Arena Stan. But that's okay. We'll we'll set that aside. Sure. I'm going to get the paperwork in order. Get my name legally changed later. Okay. Okay. Well, like I say, I've got good news that I think will fit well with this. Awesome. Um, so you probably have noticed, you know, I've been kind of keeping my distance from you. I've got this like shower curtain that I've been keeping over my head all the time. And I, yeah. I put up this wall between us. Right. I thought, I thought maybe, uh, I wasn't bathing because I'm not, uh, or something, but is, if there's a different reason, please let me know. You know, if you weren't bathing, that would be fine. Cause I, I I've got the COVID it's happened. The COVID is in the sub-basement. Oh, my God. So, so even if you don't bathe, I can't smell you. So even that, like, ivermectin casserole that I make every evening for us, like, even that hasn't helped? Weirdly, it doesn't work. I really Ooh. thought that was going to keep it. And it kept it at bay until now. Until now. That yeah, and all so- the vaccines I've had. <laughs> don't, don't you know? Don't you know that the vaccines are what cause COVID? Uh, is that it? Yeah. Uh, well, they, the vaccines are the COVID. Um and uh, let me get, I'm trying to, if I recall correctly, you take the vaccine, it gives you the thing that they call COVID, and then new world order ensues. Yeah, and you know me, I'm like 100% down with new world order. Oh, yeah. Bring on the black helicopters, the UN troops, yeah. just, yeah, I, I get it. Yeah. So I mean, I've I'm, been... I'm COVID free, so I'm not down with the, the NWO. But... Right. No, I've been like, I've been hitting the vaccine like as often as I can, just like mainlining it. <laughs> like I have, like I have a heroin addiction, <laughs> but it's an well, addiction for the vaccine. Right. Well, I have, I have some bad news about that vaccine you've been what? taking. That, that is indeed my, my heroin. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, I, I've been, I've been very polite, you know, oh. you know but yeah, it's thought you should know. Okay. Um, yeah, so you're down with NWO. I'm down with the NWA, which is oh. New World Ardor, which is Arder? a passion, Arder, passion for right. the new world. Nice. Yeah, Terrence Malick's film, The New World, that is. Nice. Um, well, here, because mm-hmm. I was going to talk about how, here I am today, um, I, I've got the COVID, and, you know, I, I know that I have this reputation for being like an anti-arena dude. But mm-hmm. there's been a lot of talk in the media about how great this arena idea is, this catalyst project, the arena, and how awesome it'll be for the downtown. And I, you know, I thought it was the brain fog talking, but maybe it's the heroin. It's <laughs> actually, it's say. actually starting to sound pretty good to me, Aiden. <laughs> this arena. Mm-hmm. Oh man, yeah, that's uh, yeah. oh, what you know that you know that arena that's all the heroin you want. Yeah. No, can't probably can still can't get craft beer, but all all the all the horse you you desire. Yeah, that's the well. See, this was the thing because I wanted to talk to you today because the arena doesn't have a name yet. 
Ooh. And it doesn't have a slogan. And that's a perfect one. All the heroin you can get. That's exactly Regina's it. Arena. Wow. The or a horse paste, the Ivermectin connection. Yeah. Almost um, rhymes. Almost now rhymes. I'm like feeling like my, my suggestions are pretty lame. No, no, no. I I want to hear your suggestions. Okay. Yeah. Bring okay. Bring, bring well, first them. one, the first one is kind of an obvious one. It was like downtown arena, colon, it's happening, whether you like <laughs> it or not. <laughs> you know, I would even just like downtown arena colon, it's happening. Yeah. Just the whether you like it or not is implied. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, because I, I like that one, but I thought it might be a little bit too obvious. Or how about downtown arena colon look, comma, it's happening. Oh, I like that even better. Yeah, that's really good. Okay, well, because I had a second I had a second idea. Okay. That I liked even better. But again, it might just be the brain fog or the heroin talking. <laughs> so it's downtown arena better than a downtown marina because we're landlocked. I like that. You know, I had a feeling it was going to rhyme. I just had yeah. this sense. Um, you know, I, I was like, thought it might be, it would be like downtown arena. I don't know what you mean, uh, but your yours actually works better. Because mine, I, I, mine rhymes, but other than that, whatever. Yeah, but you see, you do the first one, and then you go to the rhyming dictionary when you have no other ideas. And right. that's... Downtown arena makes the downtown cleaner. That's That's pretty good. I think they might even end up using that. <laughs> but then okay so the other thing that i was thinking is you know how like everything in the city has to get named for one of the companies that works here yeah because we need to be constantly reminded that this city is here because of industry because it sure as hell isn't like our proximity to fresh water <laughs> no so but there's only like a few companies right so there's like brant connexus everas mosaic and everything gets named after those four companies over and over and over again in sequence mm-hmm. But I think for this arena, it's such a big deal. We should bring them all together and call it the mm. brand kind of racic arena. I like that. Yeah. That sounds like something you might pick up at the Ukrainian co-op. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> I'll have, I'll have uh, two pounds of the brand. Yeah. And then maybe the Ukrainian co-op will get on board and they'll, oh, they'll add their name to the list. Okay. Let's, let's say this. It'll be the Ukrainian co-op downtown arena. That is a circumstance under which I would kind of enjoy having an arena in this area. I confess I would too. Mm-hmm. Especially if the Ukrainian co-op had like an outlet in the arena. Hey, so one of the reasons why everybody is so boffo on the arena these days. Boffo. Boffo. Connor Bedard. <laughs> he's Connor like Bedard. every he's like the greatest hockey player who ever lived. And he's here playing for the Regina Pats. People are really kind of it's embarrassing yep. that such a good hockey player has to play in such an old, crummy arena like the Brandt Center. <laughs> I mean, Connor Bedard is a pretty darn good hockey player. I mean, he's probably not a reason to get a new arena, but right. Kudos to the Pats on uh, on on the Bedardness of it all. Right. Well, that's why I think we should name the arena after him. Of course, please don't leave us Connor Bedard Arena. <laughs> that's good. That's really good. I had the Connor Bedard, not just a hockey rink, because we don't want everybody to think <laughs> it's just a hockey rink, even though that's why we're buying it for Connor right. Bedard. Right. And it's actually going to be like a, a like a penthouse suite, yeah, and an arena somehow for yeah. where Connor Bedard can live. Well, we could also call it the Connor Bedard Played Here Arena: colon, but not actually here here. Because right. he left for the NHL before this opened. But, We'd have to put you, all that on the side. But you get the idea. Yeah. Arena. Yeah, okay. 
I like that one too. Okay, but there's that whole thing, right? Like they don't want people to think this is something else that's coming out in a lot of the media coverage is that, you know, the Catalyst Committee keeps stressing this isn't just a hockey rink. It's a multi-purpose event plex, right? Mm-hmm. So they want to really focus on, they want to get away from this idea that it's an arena, that it's a rink. It's all like multi-purpose, multi-purpose, multi-purpose. So, which I think is a strange name for this p- facility, multi-purpose event plex. But I think what we can call it is multi-purpose event plex, colon, dolphinately downtown. <laughs> You know, you, you, you said you pronounced it multi-purpose of Amplex, and I was going to interrupt. And then I thought, no, no, I think this is going somewhere. And then you did it again. I'm like, okay, there's definitely something happening. I'm going to let this play out because I am really liking it. So, okay. And I was not disappointed. That was, that was exactly what I wanted it to be. So thank you. You're welcome. So that's my, that's my leading contender for names. Whoa, very nice. It was downright cetaceous. Loved it. Nice. Anyways, we're on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio. We are the Queen City Improvement Bureau. And uh, so, you know what? The other, uh, the thing is, like, when people are listening to this, it is going to be February. And um, we were promised back in October Mm -hmm. that the Catalyst Committee would be done its work and we would have a report in our hands by mid-January. And I'm thinking they're not going to make that, seeing as it is now February. Yeah, see, seeing as we recorded this on the evening of the 31st. Yeah, and yeah, but that's not, you know I, I'm I'm willing to give the cut them a little bit of slack. These things take time, and yeah. I'm sure that that report and the survey probably, despite their best efforts, probably did not tell them what they wanted to hear. <laughs> you think? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I think. Yeah. Uh, so, well, I, you know, I, I, I guess I never really honestly believed they were actually going to make that deadline. Like, I didn't think they were going to make it in January. No, no. I mean, no, it was, it, it yeah. was, a, it would be nice if it did. They did, but I, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, when you brought it up with them, they were adamant that they could do this. This was going to happen. They've got, they've got plenty of time. They can pull this off. Mm. So, that was the last I've heard. Said, hmm? That was just weird because, that I would not hold myself to any, if I were Catalyst Committee, I would not be holding myself to these kinds of deadlines. So. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but one thing that I think your point, though, about how they didn't get the response that they wanted, I think that could explain a few other things, too. Uh, there has been this full court press in the media to uh, sort of promote this idea of a downtown arena and that, you know, the downtown, it's just like a scuzzy place. It's a scuzzy poop hole. It's a poopy, poopy duty place where nothing happens except poop and duty. And if we don't have an arena to clean up the streets of all the duty, Mm -hmm. Regina is going to slip, I don't know, into a hole, into a, into a pit of despond. And in a pit of its own duty. Yes. Yeah. That we made for ourselves our own messy caca. I believe I believe these are this this is language taken directly from the official reports. I think so. Yeah. 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 They have to clean it up. That's why it's taking so long. Well, uh, as somebody said on Twitter, you know, mm-hmm. downtown needs a draw. And what what could draw people downtown more than an arena which will during the workday draw approximately nobody. Yeah. Um and in the evenings or weekends some of them 
for part of the year will draw up to 10,000 people who yeah. will, I don't know, best get, uh, hopefully that juices some of the restaurants in the area. But it'll only happen one third of the year, right? Like the, even their right. best case scenario is like one out of three nights. Right. The arena will be busy. And then during the day, like I, I don't think the people who are setting up for the latest Garth Brooks show show uh, are going to make that place seem terribly lively during the day when people are downtown. So in the the night, that's the only time it's going to be active. Man, I hope I hope Garth Brooks does better than a ten thousand seat arena. Yeah, it's a bigger draw than that. I have um, no idea. <laughs> who knows? Who knows with Garth Brooks these days? But I, yeah. I I take I take your your overall point though. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah, like I like my my guess is that it will be just a black hole, the street that it's on when it goes downtown, because I think it's I think it's a done deal. But but there will also be a library, which currently downtown, according to the weird language around it, there there is no library. Yeah, <laughs> they're going to put one downtown. What did I do? Right there, right? Well, just just one because people are sick of there being no library at all in the downtown yeah. area. Geniuses. That's galaxy brain thinking. Putting a library with a stadium where no library with a stadium ever existed before. Exactly. Okay. A, a libratium. Librarium. I like they, that. Uh, yeah. That's actually great. The Connor uh, Bedard Libratium. I, I'd I go think there. I I would I would build that. I would I would I would get out there on the street right now and start breaking ground. And yeah. All the while screaming, it's shovel ready. It's shovel ready. Yeah. You couldn't stop me. Who'd want to stop you for a libratium? The, po- the, the police, maybe, but you maybe. know. No, they'd love that. They'd love <laughs> libratiums. <laughs> they love library. They love they love crazy people on the street digging digging in a parking lot, screaming, yeah. it's shovel ready. Um <laughs> just, Lord just knows there break. are enough places for you to break ground. All right, just gotta break through the hard candy cross to the chewy center I, I will say yeah so anyways um part of the full court press of getting this arena downtown is we suddenly have coming from and you know i love the regina downtown business improvement district mm-hmm. i think they do great work but they have posted the transform downtown website this went up to promote uh the first in their speaker series which i didn't go to i i don't know had the covid we'll say and so I didn't go to the first in their speaker series. And it's kind of like a, a fancy, I don't know, quick rundown of what's in the catalyst uh, list mm-hmm. of projects, list of catalyst projects. And then it's all about, you know, location matters. And we have to put a library and an arena downtown. Yeah, it's very bullish on this it. whole library, new library arena thing. Are the did we call it a libratium a moment ago? Yes. It's yeah. big on the libratium. Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely is. Um, but I got to say, I'm uh, like, I'm trying. I'm trying to like, you know, keep the brain fog in place as I read this. Yeah, no. no but it's, it's pretty terrible. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I like I like our downtown and warehouse uh, business improvement districts. I think they do good work. Uh, but this website is not representative of the good work. Uh, yeah. That's, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, man. Well, hey, um, yeah, like the writing is terrible, but um, that uh, that video, I think we should play it 
right I, th- I think I think yes yes we should people are talking about what is next for Regina City Council created a catalyst committee to make recommendations about five proposed facilities for these projects to strengthen our city several boxes need to be checked our focus is on one of those boxes location Regina must locate these facilities where they can most benefit the city's economy as well as its people. Downtown is the best place for two of the proposed facilities. Central Library Branch and a multi-purpose event center. We know from other Canadian cities that these types of facilities belong downtown. Locating them downtown would draw thousands of people to the center of our city. More people spending more time and money downtown will contribute to growing Regina. Learn more about why downtown would be best for a central library branch and a multi-purpose event center. There you go. That was jaunty. <laughs> they could have spent a few more dollars on a microphone. Well, I suppose <laughs> They probably could have. Was that? I think that sounded like uh, Judith. Oh, did it? Oh, no. I could be wrong. Might have been Judith. Next time we see her, we'll have to give her a microphone. (laughs) Right. It's a book on walkable cities and a microphone is what we'll we'll give Mm -hmm. her. But yeah, no, I I, I get that. Maybe that's a quick little summary. I I get that there. I mean, I think the bit, the business improvement district is looking up at this, you know, these projects and is assuming Mm -hmm. that they're going to happen, you know. At least the you know some of the big ones, and as and they're they're making they're making their play to get to get what they think of as like the big the big movers and shakers in the downtown. And I don't blame them. I also do not agree that mm-hmm. the arena is going to do anything. I mean, it will. They'll be they'll be building. There'll be activity. You know, I guess. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see. I'm not I'm not bullish on my on my outlook, but man. Yeah, I kind of wish there was a little more imagination in in the way the city was being sort of developed. Yeah, the city. We've talked before. I like my theory is that what you want downtown is something that's active as many days of the year as possible, as many hours Mm -hmm. of the day as possible. The downtown is where people go to work, and a lot of people live there. So putting an arena downtown just doesn't seem to fit. Like that's not that's not what our arena is, or sorry, that's not what our downtown is. We're not. And we're not Edmonton. We don't have an NHL team, and Connor Bedard is going to leave. So, no. I'm just trying to picture how to park up to ten thousand people. Yeah. I just or surface I can't. parking. I, yeah. I would, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I think I would like to see a little more on that topic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, this is why, like, and I'm, I've mentioned this before. I think that if we're going to pick a catalyst project to go downtown, it should be the indoor aquatic center. I don't think it should go there even. I like, I think that should stay <laughs> in the sportsplex. But if we're, you know, if we're like throwing all the spaghetti at the wall, and if this is supposed to be, as we've been told, you know, a holistic, future-looking um, plan where all the good ideas are on the table, and we're not constrained by you know, the way things used to be done. I think it's obvious the indoor aquatic center would have people there all day long into the night. And the 
indoor aquatic center we have right now could be full 365 days a year, like 24 hours a day, practically, if we wanted mm. it to be. And if you put that downtown, that would be transformative. But we're not, we're not even thinking about that. That's not, that was never even considered. Instead, right. we just keep being told over and over and over again, it has to be an arena. It has to be an arena. All these other cities have it. So we right. have to do it, but you, like, you know what? You know what? I hope. I hope we get like sports events at the arena, and then we get a bunch of drunk dudes wandering yeah. around the downtown. That yeah. like effort, and uh, that's that's what I want out of my downtown: a basic recreation of Windsor, Ontario, on a Saturday night. And having been a drunk dude downtown, I know we're <laughs> the worst. <laughs> you don't want more of that. No, you do not. Although you do want it in Tudney, right? Like you want that in the arts. Sure, you you want but some you you need like a, a degree of of drunk dudeness mm-hmm. for it's nightlife. Yep. But I just think that like I don't I don't know if they if they ended up serving alcohol say at yeah. at the stadium you know or at the arena like if that happens then ah uh, maybe I'm just pearl clutching at this point but that's not something I want to see either. Yeah, well, and I also think. Um, when they talk about the however many 170 days a year that they expect it to be open, best case scenario, um, I think they're also like looking at what the current arena does. And the current arena takes in a lot of business from aggravation, right? Like it takes in farm shows and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that's that kind of stuff will, would work downtown. Like, I don't think, I don't think you could um, like, how are you going to get your cows, your cattle, <laughs> downtown right. yeah. where do you, and where are you going to park them and walk them like i mean personally i would love there to be tons of cows downtown i think that's great but i don't think that's i don't think that's the vibe right we're going I'm, for here exactly and i'd say well it's like the parking question and to a certain extent these are all like logistical questions that can be answered right I mean, so we just, I would like to see, just want to see the answers to these things. Yeah. Uh, um, and we, yeah, still other, we still don't know where they're putting it, right? Like of the right. three downtown locations, these are still, these are still secret, right? They're still confidential. We don't know what they are. We know it's going to be somewhere. Yeah. 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 It's great. They're manufacturing consensus for a cipher. Right. Essentially. Sorry, you were going to say the, I, the other thing is that when, when I think of like spin, like spinoff economic activity, yeah. For for an arena, I think I think nightlife. Maybe maybe there maybe it's a little broader, but I think nightlife. I think bars and restaurants. Now, if you go to the uh, Regina subreddit, mm-hmm. you know Reddit.ca/r/Regina, you'll see recently two separate heavily populated threads about tipping at restaurants. Oh, and if you go there, and you will see that the overwhelming majority of people commenting don't like to tip and think it's ridiculous. Really? Yes. Now, this is anecdotal, but unleashing a city full of people that don't want to tip and think and and basically don't have like the the manners to tip and think that they're going to be like drivers of economic you know sources of revenue for restaurants and bars. Good luck. Yeah. And also economically times are hard. People are being gouged. And mm. you know they're they're not they don't they're not out there spending money for a reason. So yeah. Um, yeah. Well, on that happy note, we should probably go to innovative revenue tools. Well, Hey, I have one. Oh, excellent. Okay. One word arena. <gasps> what an idea. I we need to strike a committee. 
we need we need we need like a, a committee that will catalyze this process get word. us an arena that's the word Felicitations to you, Mr. and Mrs. Queen City. This is your news of yesterday, today! Dateline, Friday, February 2nd, 1923, from the pages of the Regina Morning Leader newspaper. Headline, Gazooks! Train robbed near Regina! The CNR number 6 from Edmonton to Winnipeg was robbed by an armed masked bandit between Condi and Regina about 5.45 last evening. Paul Vensky, the express messenger alone in the car, was gagged and bound. After rifling the safe, the robber jumped the train inside the limits of our fair city Regina and made good his escape. Provincial and city police organized a hunt. Though the entire city and surrounding countryside have been thoroughly combed by the posse, they have not succeeded in capturing the miscreant. The bandit got away with the proceeds of practically all express points between Edmonton and Regina. The amount is not known, but CNR Express Company officials say it is not large. The suspect is described as being about 5 feet 8 inches, stockly built, and with a fat, clean-shaven face. He was reported to be wearing a green Mackinac coat, a dark, tight-fitting cap, rough blue serge trousers, and felt boots. He wore brown woolen socks, which were pulled up over his trousers. Martin Bruton, chief of the city police, had his entire day force on the job last night in a search for the bandit. Unless he gets out of town tonight, we'll get him most likely, said Chief Bruton. The chief believes that Bandit must be familiar with the workings of the railways, as he boarded the train at the most auspicious time and chose the day of the month when the express messenger had the monthly remittances. It's a bitter night, said a policeman out on the hunt, while a young blizzard raged towards midnight. I suppose the bandit is in some nice warm place while we're freezing ourselves in the storm. We'll get him, though. Item! Expect 30 carloads of liquor for Canada via Portal Saskatchewan. Federal prohibition agents from all parts of North Dakota assembled in Portal in anticipation of a large shipment of liquor from distillers in Kentucky. The officers plan to seize the shipment and prevent it from crossing the boundary line into Canada. According to the meager information on hand, the liquor is consigned to drug companies in our dominion, presumably for medicinal purposes, but the officers here expressed the belief that the liquor will be used for beverage purposes instead. Ad break! MBM Coal Company next verse. Half a ton, half a car, coal by the hundred. Thus rolled our orders in while others thundered. Ours not to make reply, folks know the reason why. They come again and buy, once they are white ash try. Other coals sundered. Some few for bunk who fell, come back to us pell-mell. Back from the mouth of, well, we nearly blundered. MBM Coal Company, telephone 5116. Women's Interest, Society and Fashion Page. Have you heard, ladies? J.H.R. Thompson of Limerick is registered at the Kitchener. Cards are out for at-homes, which are to be held next Thursday and Friday by Mrs. Norman Mackenzie. Mrs. W.J. Myler entertained at her home Wednesday afternoon the score of women belonging to the Settlement House Mothers Club. They brought their needlework. A tempting supper was served before the guests took their departure. Fourteen members of the Daughters and Maids of England entertained the soldiers at the Grey Nuns Hospital at Wist Drive Tuesday. 
prizes were won by Mr. Rose and Mr. Buxium. Refreshments were served by the hostesses before they said goodnight to the patients. From the sports pages, good morning with Archibald McSpoof. Spunk Sparrow disgraced himself in church on Sunday. He fell asleep when Amby, sitting next to him, dropped five coppers into the plate. Spunk awoke with a start and cried, We've scored! We've scored! Last time Scotty Jones played hockey, he scored a goal against his own team, but he atoned for it by beating up the goal judge and chasing the referee out of the rink. Some lucky stones. Good Morning is going to distribute some valuable stones among local celebrities, as follows. For Al Ritchie, the Blarney Stone. For Matkin, the Runner, the Milestone. For Frank Hackney, the Peach Stone. For Dr. Schweitzer, the Grindstone. For Duke Keats, the Cobblestone. And for Newsy Lalonde, the Tombstone. And that was your News of Yesterday, today, from the February 2nd, 1923 Regina Morning Leader, and read to you by the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Now, forward to the future! And we're back from Innovative Revenue Teams. Good tools. Uh, very good tools. Yeah. So we've been talking about the arena downtown, because that's on everybody's mind these days. And the Catalyst Committee, because that's all I've been thinking about since August. <laughs> uh, Aiden? Yes. There's some Aww. kind of phenomenon that has been has been tweezing your brain. Very, very therapeutic. Yeah. Uh, yes. Oh, you're you're prompting me, aren't you? I am. Prompt- that's the right. worst segue. In the history of segways, the thing—the thing I want to talk about—it uh, it actually, it's a—it's an idea sprung from the mind of a fellow named Jarrett Walker. Yep. He's a public transit consultant from the states. He has a really great blog called Human Transit, uh, humantransit.org, uh, and he has an, uh, an entry, a blog entry, a sort of short essay that actually is from uh, 2017, and it's called "The Dangers of Elite Projection." And I think it explains a lot about part of the reason why cities come up with solutions like arenas downtown or hmm. just transit routes that don't really seem to like make any sense to the people who have to use them. Uh, anyway, and he calls, and it's, he calls this the phenomenon leap projection. Okay. Uh, and as he says, uh, he, he defines it as the belief among relatively fortunate and influential people that what those people find convenient or attractive is good for the society as a whole. Wow. And I think I think that's actually a really good way of looking at these problems because instead of saying that you know that elites or politicians are sort of scheming evil greedy people, and, and they might be, I'm not saying they aren't. But instead of saying that. Instead of saying that, and I think this is a much, much more fair and probably cover, probably much more accurate. It's the fact that, like all of us, you know, we don't, we, we see through the filter of our own experience and we have a lot of trouble understanding things from the point of view of other people. Right. But that's not a, it's, that's kind of a natural human, you know, characteristic. Right. But it's not a horrible problem. Until 
you're a member of a, of a minority making decisions that affect and, you know, on, on behalf of a majority. And the fact is, and uh, there's actually uh, the, the anecdote here that, that, uh, that Walker tells us is actually quite good. It says long ago, when I was presenting a proposed transit plan to the board of directors of a suburban transit agency in California, one board member representing the wealthiest city in the area leaned forward, cleared his throat and said, now, Mr. Walker, if we adopt this plan of yours, will that make me leave my BMW in the driveway? And the answer to this is obviously no. No transit plan is going to make this guy leave his BMW in the driveway because he's got a BMW and he's going to drive that thing because it's a BMW, right? Right. He expects a certain, he expects and is accustomed to a certain level of privilege and luxury. That means that any transit plan that would get him out of the BMW would be one that, say, comes to his door and offers him a glass of wine. Like, maybe a little bit of hyperbole there, but that's essentially it. For these people, you need to offer services that are simply out of the range of, like, what the public, what a public option can offer. Right. And so for them, yeah, maybe let them have a private option. I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm, maybe I'm suggesting two tier stuff there, but I'm unwittingly. Uh, but the point is, is that there's no way that he can understand what most people who need public transit are going to use it for. Right. Uh, and I think, and I think this principle applies well to like all kinds of things. So, and I'm aware I'm not saying anything groundbreaking here, but I really like the way that Walker kind of like codifies and sort of the, the, the framework for understanding and approaching this problem. Because once you see it as simple problem of like a, a simple sort of mistake uh-huh. rather than like a part of like being venal or greedy, then I think it's easier to understand, perhaps even easier to approach you right. know, when, you know, when you, when you have to talk to people. Um, because if you tell them they're just jerks, they won't listen. Yeah. But if you say, oh, have you thought of it this way? Maybe that's a better way. Although I still don't think that would work because people are also venal and greedy. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's a really strong point actually, because it explains a lot of the gulf that has, that seems to have developed over the last year where, um, uh, the, with, with the Catalyst Project, we're being like, like we were saying before, innovative revenue tools. We're being told this is the only solution. This arena, right? And the people who are saying it, I don't think I, I would. I struggle to understand how there is like a greedy or venal motive to it. Like I don't, I don't see how like you know Tim Reed is not going to be making bank off of the stadium it's it's going to like cement his position in right. the city perhaps but i think th- i think reed i think reed and the committee genuinely believe that this is the best possible way to stimulate economic activity leave i know and create a legacy etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah and uh the mayor coming from a background at real mm-hmm. yeah like it's kind of like this is the elite they they grow from it's this this group of movers and shakers in Regina who um, have, a, you know, a real vested sort of like cultural interest mm-hmm. in the exhibition grounds and the kinds of like uh, the kinds of facilities that it provides, the kind of amenities that it, offer, that it offers. And they see a lot of value in the work that they've done there and the work that Real has done 
And I think, you know, if you're in that position, you might be a little nonplussed when people say, we don't want this in our downtown, right? right? We don't see this as a solution to our problems. And they're like, what are you talking about? It's been working great for us in the real district. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Which is representative of the city as a whole. Mm-hmm. The fact that there's the fact that we're like, this district is surrounded by like an economically depressed area. That must be a coincidence <laughs> of some kind. Yeah. Yeah. And that but is true. Of so many of these like exhibition grounds. Yeah. And, uh, you know, arenas and stuff that the neighborhoods around them are not, you know, the, the, the economic benefits of these facilities are not spilling over. And I, I think part of the reason they want it downtown is because they don't think of downtown as a place where people live, wow. but as a place yeah. where people go to and a place of business, yeah. but not, but like, so, but they're kind of, and they think maybe with the people who live there that there's a bunch of like, you know, senior citizens complexes, because there are, mm-hmm. and, uh, and also like young professionals whose lives will not be materially affected except for the cratering resale value of their condos thank you so much city council <laughs> speaking speaking of people seeing things through their own lens i am not thrilled with that notion mm-hmm. uh, anyway but yeah no I, I i don't think there's they understand this place as a residential area as well as a business area and i and i think that's a real shame and i think it's highly unlikely that any of these people who are making these decisions live in or near downtown um i I can't imagine. Or they'd be like, ooh, I don't want that. Yeah. Like, I, I, I know that some of them live in the suburbs, like Harbor Landing and such. Mm-hmm. Perhaps if you live in old Lakeview. But few of them would be impacted by this decision. And so the the notion that this could be unwelcome to them, uh, when it would be a driving destination for them. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think it would be I a foreign so. idea to them. I also think they didn't account for the fact that the kinds of people in the city who answer city surveys are the kinds of people who don't want, who wouldn't want an arena downtown. Yeah. I think, I think there is some self-selection going on there. So. Well, I think in any of these, in any of these uh, surveys and, you know, public consultation systems that the city sets up, you wind up with the people who like the, the squeaky wheels, the people who are going right. to be impacted by this right. are the, the ones people who, who the people out. who actually care. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so you probably are getting, well, you know, these things are, you know, excessively populated by cathedral residents. Yeah. And I mean, and honestly, if somebody lives in Harbor landing, like what, or, you know, or, you know, out in you know, the Southeast into the city, why, why would they care? Why would they care about whether the arena is downtown or, or in some other spot? Yeah. It just doesn't really affect their lives. Uh, and if they don't work downtown, it's just downtown is not even uh, on their radar. Right. Yeah. I mean, it speaks to the atomized nature of the city um, that this is possible. You know, as far as like people, um, the types of people who would have filled out that survey. So last year when the, uh, in December, when, the results were released from the survey. I did that deep dive into the responses on downtown and what, what the long answers were. And uh, there was definitely like a large crew, like the largest cohort at 35% were people saying, you know, I just don't want an arena downtown. That was like one of the, that was the, mm-hmm. you know, one more than a third of all comments were, I don't want an arena downtown. Another really common comment was uh, 
there's not enough parking. About I think it was 20% of people were saying there isn't enough parking downtown for an arena. Um, a lot of those people did not sound like downtown folk. You know, they hmm. sounded like the kind of people. Uh, another common comment, uh, you know, down like in the like high single digits was about downtown feeling not safe. Uh, a lot of people who said downtown didn't feel safe would say things like, I never go downtown. Right. Uh, and some of the people who, you know, were objected to the lack of parking downtown were people who said there's nowhere to park. So I never go downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, like, I think e- if you like pulled the people who lived in the suburbs, I think you'd find there's a huge cohort who also see an arena downtown as a very inconvenient option for them. Yeah. So. Yeah, the the notion of downtown being uh, particularly unsafe, I've I've seen that. I mean, I've lived here on and off since 1989, and mm-hmm. this has been a common refrain amongst people who don't live downtown. Yeah. Uh, just I remember people. I remember when I was living in the downtown area, and I would sometimes meet people in the suburbs or from the suburbs, and they would be just just shocked that that I would choose to live downtown because in their minds it was like this hellscape of of gangs and you know <laughs> roving bandits and i don't know highwaymen i have no idea maybe pits yeah. maybe tiger pits i have no idea but that's they certainly didn't like the idea of people being downtown yeah so and i would say no it's fine um but you know what obviously i'm some sort of brainwashed downtown shill i guess in their minds i don't know do you think the same the people who are so the catalyst committee people And the arena planning strategy committee, people who came up with this idea first, um, there's definitely, you know, uh, connections to sort of like the real network, Mm -hmm. uh, like the exhibition association people. Do you think that perhaps um, they see downtown the same way they see real? That like real is just like an empty place of buildings and parking lots that you can hmm. just dig up, you can tear stuff down and dig it up at will because you're not actually impacting people. Well, I think with downtown, there's the sense that, of course, there's businesses and mm-hmm. whatnot to, to impact. So it's not quite as empty, but I, think, but I think the common theme is that they don't really, they're not really thinking of the residents. Right. Uh, yeah, that's... It's to, to them, to them, I don't, I don't think, I don't think the residents are really figuring in or the assumption is that we'll all be uh, just bathing in, in arena money or something. Yeah. I, I don't know, but yeah, um, it's, it's, it's a little, it's a little disappointing if you live right around here. That's, yeah. what, I'll, that's what I'll say. We're on 91.3 FM CJTR Regina community radio tuned into the community. Where the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Uh, I, I remember visiting uh, the Netherlands in uh, the early 2000s and being just regularly, regularly astonished at how how much more pleasant their play, their cities were because they were just plain old walkable. And that was actually a 20th century, like a mid to late 20th century innovation, which right. they said, "Look, we have to do this." And so they did it, and it had you know different kinds of roads and different places and had bollards. Once they they went up, they went down to admit traffic. And you know, drivers got used to them. They they understood what bollards meant and probably quite quickly. Yeah. <laughs> uh 
and the the idea that North American drivers would be unable to comprehend um, the notion that there's an impediment to to yeah. their driving is insane. Yeah, not not to not to uh, speak ill of the of the actually insane, but yes, <laughs> this. Who might have better ideas about urban planning? <laughs> That's right. Let's put genuinely insane people in yeah. charge of this. And they might say, yeah, okay, well, people should walk. Um, you know, and I don't think cars are necessarily evil, but I mean, really, and actually studies, studies, uh, recent studies actually show that the, that the sort of the 15 minute walkable rule, which is often an idea that seems to be centered around sort of the middle class elite actually benefit lower income people because you don't have to like take a, you know, a bus or hitch or, you know, get a ride with a friend to go to the end of the city to get your necessities. Um, if you can actually, if you actually have what you need at hand, it, it markedly improves the quality of your life. Yeah. When, and cause when you're, when you're low income, a lot of your time is just spent with met, like dealing with like the petty, but massive inconveniences of being poor. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, and it's not just money. It doesn't just cost money to be poor. It costs time and effort to be poor and having a walkable and having walkable areas where the things you need are within reach, like within a 15 minute walk means that that time and you're not having to spend that time and effort. And I think that should be everybody's right. But particularly when you don't have the money to just, you know, Uber eats your food to you all the time, for example. Yeah. One of those big inconveniences, one of those like humiliations, even in our culture of being poor is mm. the inability to get around the uh, yeah. taking transit, which is seen yeah. as, you know, the loser cruiser, something right. like that. Or, or just using the sidewalks in this city, which yeah. are routinely in, like, you know, in terrible shape. Um, mm-hmm. I, I recall I, I took, I took the bus, the, um, uh, you know, the not STC, but Rider Express uh, back to the city one time. And I thought, you know, instead of, instead of, you know, uh, getting a cab uh, back to my place, I'll just walk it and I'll take my little stroller suitcase with me. It was like, it was eye opening to see how difficult it was just to pull a stroller suitcase. And I thought, how, how, if I were actually disabled, would I be able to navigate these sidewalks in any way, shape, or form? And I know that we've we've talked about this before. I think I've even yeah. said this anecdote before. Uh, but it is it's it's bizarre that we live in a city where sidewalks are unusable for a portion of the population, and we're talking about building an arena downtown. Yeah, as it's, though that'll solve that problem. Right. I mean, and obviously, yeah. and the and of course, the answer is that it won't. I mean, and the, aside from the notion that there might be more money flying around, um, which may end up going to the right places, whatever. Uh, but we have to pretend that these two concepts have some bearing on each other in a world that is just, and when you look at it that way, it's like, oh, this world that we've built is is absurd and cruel. And Right, cruel. So enjoy yeah. your arena. <laughs> you know? Yeah. There you go. Um, connected to this is something that uh, has bugged me that has fallen off the radar. Uh, during the, it, it disappeared from anybody's um, uh, like radar during the budget cycle. Mm-hmm. 
And it was one of these items that was considered during the budget, but it was like late at night while everybody's kind of racing to end the meeting. And so it, on the day when council was talking about stuff, this got completely lost. And it was the notion of free transit for um, people who are 18 and under. Right. We've had the kids, and this is like a homegrown idea by a bunch of like teenagers in Regina who came up with the idea for this and have been pushing it hard for years and have gotten this close to pulling to putting it together. They got it so that kids 13 and under have access to free transit now, which is enormous. And now they're pushing hard for 18 and under. Uh, Sophia Young, who was a guest on this show, spoke during the budget meeting. And I wanted to mm-hmm. play the first couple of minutes of her presentation because I think it ties directly into what you were saying. Hello, Mayor and Council. Oh, wow, my voice is loud. <laughs> um, my name is Sophia Young, and I will be representing myself as well as Better Bus Youth. Better Bus Youth is composed of 50 youth from across Regina who wants to support the city in achieving fare-free transit for all youth 18 and under. Now, I've spoken to you all before about why fare-free transit is important, but I never told you why it's important to me, and I think it's time for me to tell you guys my story. When I was younger, my dad was psychosymptomatically paralyzed from the back down, and it was hard on my family. I remember seeing my dad in bed almost in tears because of his newfound immobility. And it was also hard on my family. All of a sudden, my mom became the sole breadwinner, caregiver, and able-bodied parent. And because of it, a lot of things stopped being in the cards. My mom could not drive me to programs. I could not get to the library. I could not get to school. I could not get to my programs to help me learn how to read and write because I was developmentally behind. I became alone which made me feel like I did not belong. Transportation barriers robbed me of opportunities, friendships, and dreams. And I will never get those experiences back. My situation got better when my dad's health increased, but many others do not. At home, I have a stack of letters from youth across the city who are telling me, yeah, this is my story, this is how I'm feeling. I also have so many people who come up to me telling me this is such a good thing that you're doing because this is something that we need. I just don't know how to get there. And specifically, I'd like to bring you the story of a few other youth. The first one is Daniel Liebman. Daniel Liebman is 16 and he aspires to go to university and for those reasons he got a job. Except he had to quit his job because it's a 30-minute walk to work that becomes almost impassable in winter. That is a youth who wants to participate in the economy who wants to fill labor shortages, and who wants to make his dream a reality, but can't because he cannot access transportation. And it's difficult because the University of Regina offers an engineering mentorship. And I remember I'm the one who drives him along with a friend that we were standing in the area where the president's office is. And there's a picture of, um, I believe it's Bob Hopkins in that area. And we were standing looking at it and saying, dang, one day I want to be like him but I don't know if I'm going to make it. And that's hard. It's really hard, and I hope that one reason might be something to help you. Another reason is Kim Colody Watt. She's 15 years old, and she's a girl who wants to participate in programs in both the community and in the school. She wants to be active in our schools, be in things like musical and different activities, but sometimes it's hard because she has to walk 43 minutes home because she cannot afford the $2.75 for the bus. And because she has an ankle injury, that walk has put her on crutches before. 
One thing that she asked me to ask you is that, is this something that you want for your youth? I know many of you guys have children. Is this something that you would want for your children to experience? I certainly would not. How about Chinyanyi Okiri? She's 16 years old, immigrated to Canada three years ago. The lack of transportation isolated her. As a newcomer, having the bus is a necessity to integrate into the community. And I've talked to the Open Door Society, and they agree that fare-free transit for youth would create a more inclusive Regina, which I know many of you have made campaign promises towards. However, every one of you in this room needs to hear the story of Hope Henderson, a strong Indigenous youth from Scott Collegiate. She says, and I quote, the urgent challenge I find students facing is young Indigenous youth having little to no motivation in coming to school or joining extracurricular activities. One of the main causes is no access to transportation. The change my community is hoping for is that young Indigenous youth can find more motivation in coming to school and graduating, as the graduation percentage is lowest in the Indigenous community. If change isn't made, the results will worsen, and many more youth will, be will not be graduating and be or stay dependent on welfare. Now, Councillor Mancinelli, Councillor Brasciani, Councillors Hawkins, Nelsons, Zakiniak, Findura, and Mayor Masters, all of you stood on the stage that day at Mosaic on Truth and Reconciliation Day, and you said that you were dedicated towards the cause of truth and reconciliation, and fare-free transit in some ways is related to that because it supports the growth and development of Indigenous and non-Indigenous students, athletes, future lawyers, and business owners alike. You have the power to answer youth like Jacob Pintoniskis, Kyra Larotz, Mark Nuevos, Tyler Blantz, Ashley Ermine Stone's call for equitable access to transportation with a single vote. And more than that, you can answer the community's call because this is not a bunch of kids who want this. We have a petition that we put out with 1,350 signatures that I exclusively went through to make sure every single one of them is from a Regina residence. And all of them are asking for fare-free transit for youth 18 and under. This is a motion that our community wants. At this point, you have heard our stories and you have seen our faces. You have seen how fare-free transit is an investment into equity, opportunities, safety, and our youth. If that is not enough for you to act, then you are failing. You are failing the youth in the city. We youth are watching you, and we are seeing who and what you represent. And we are excited to see you build a better Regina by supporting fair free transit for all youth, no matter how small that starts. Thank you. So that was Sophia Young. Uh, guest better transit for youth, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but my question for Sophia is, how is this going to get my BMW out of the driveway? Oh, That's a solid question. Solid question. Um, but I'll bet you any amount of money that was that was a question in some of those counselors' heads, not perhaps consciously stated, but yeah. Anyway. yeah. Um, it's frustrating. I, like, I thought she slayed. I thought she absolutely slayed at council oh, that day. Did she ever? Yeah. And um, the... The ask that they are making here is not a lot of money, especially when you compare it to so many of the other things that we're contemplating right now, like the $100 million arena downtown. This is <laughs> peanuts by comparison to that. And the the way that it would transform so many lives is enormous. And I just don't think 
that the people who are involved with the Catalyst Committee can even see this as a priority. I think it's just so far outside their experience that Mm -hmm. it's like, I don't know, it's just, it's beneath their, beneath them, like ants. The the members of the... (laughs) (laughs) That's right, they're they're Orson Welles on top of the Ferris wheel. (laughs) Uh, uh, I mean, the members of the Catalyst Committee would probably say, well, that's not our purview, we're not interested. Right. Know, our, our, it's not our jobs to have free free transit, but it's the city's purview. So exactly, and I do think there's a there's a big open question about what obligation do we have to provide a facility for a for a WHL hockey team? Is it WHL? I don't know. And for you know bigger concerts, yeah. right? Like larger yeah. mid sized concerts. Like there is a question about whether how much public money should be dedicated to that and what um, how much of our downtown should be handed over to that. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think this notion of fare-free transit is 100%, especially since, I don't know, uh, this would have, this would have spinoff benefits beyond the teenagers who need this and to like the low income parents who no longer had to worry about paying for their, their teens transportation. Right. I mean, so, when you're, when, when you're paying like, massive amounts of money for like a dozen eggs i mean this this kind of thing is more important than ever yeah absolutely when when galen weston is coming around and you know filching money from your pocketbook you know come on yeah anyways on that note we are out of time out of time well i should uh, maybe move to adjourn in that case all right i second that motion all right, motion carried. Uh, meeting is adjourned, and you have been listening to Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio. Uh, tune into the community. Uh, your hosts are Paul DeShen and Aiden Morgan. You know, uh, I'm actually not. I am going to stand. Uh, yeah, sorry. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, we are broadcast Thursday evenings from uh, 7 to 8 p.m. We broadcast Monday afternoons 3 to 4 p.m. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter and our website, Queen City Improvement uh, Bureau. Coming up next, there's programming. There's music. It's great. Thursday evenings on CGTR are great, and we all know it. That's all. Keep on improving, John. Mm-hmm.